and welcome everybody to the Lonely TARDIS, your journey through Time Lords and space, where four lovely companions usually get together to discuss Doctor Who news, TV shows, uh, and all sorts of Hooniverse items. Uh, there's three of us today. It is I, Dolly Domofsky, Stephen Strum. Hello. And Marcus Beer. Happy Hanukkah. The wonderful Sean Norton is out on a much-needed uh, vacation, so he did not take us to warm weather, unfortunately. How's the weather over by by you, Marcus? You're usually the uh, Marcus. You're usually the the warmer temperate zone. How's that? How's that weather treating you? Hello. Hello. Hi. Sorry, you just totally yeah. uh, you totally cut out there. <laughs> Sorry about I, that. I, I, was... I hear, hear, how's the what? And then it went <laughs> dead. I thought, oh my how's god, how's the so, weather? That got sucked in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how's the weather over by you? Uh, by me? Yeah. Uh, it's been autumnal by California. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, 40 degrees in the, in the night and uh, about 60 in the day. So it's, it's almost, almost fall. I mean, people, you know, people just give us, you know, a couple of inches of rain and people will be panicking. <laughs> I saw the LA rains uh, hashtag was trending. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting rain is good than than getting uh, fire. That's 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 always positive. Stephen, how's your how's your zone going? Uh, it was snowing earlier today. Mm-hmm. That. Okay, that's good. Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. It was like a very thin, wet snow that's basically okay. rain, uh, and it's already snow on the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's cold. It's chilly over here. We've. It's not supposed to snow over the next few days, but we are uh, the below freezing temperatures, temper, temperatures now. So we've we've got to that point. Got to that point. Well, let's talk Doctor Who this week's episode. No, let's the, talk about the weather. I'm sure that's yeah. why everybody's tuned <laughs> into this podcast. Riveting, riveting. Uh, the penultimate episode of this season, up until obviously, notwithstanding the New Year's episode, but the regular season. Um, it takes you away. Episode nine of uh, series season eleven, directed by Jamie Childs, written by Ed Heim, and debuted uh, just this past weekend. On a second, I'm going to do a quick summary and then we'll dive into it. Um, in this episode, the group arrive in Norway in 2018. <clears throat> they meet a blind uh, a blind girl, Hannah, um, and they learn that uh, well, essentially they they meet her in this cabin in the Norwegian woods. She's uh, she's in hiding all the time because the the monster some monster comes out at a certain time throughout the day. Her father has gone missing. Um, uh, as the doctor and companions are scavenging around the home, they discover a mirror that has no reflections that can be entered into uh, this sort of buffer zone, the anti zone. Um, uh, as they're in there, Hannah is, is, hangs out with Ryan. Ryan's trying to, uh, dis, you know, get more information on what's happening outside and protect her and protect the home in case her father comes back. Um, meanwhile, the doctor and crew find out that they're in this sort of anti-zone between universes. They pop out the other side uh, in another mirror to find the Soul Attract, which is this sort of sentient universe that uh, split away from our universe at the dawn of time. Yeah, another one of those dawn of time uh, creations. Um, and uh, uh, meanwhile, Ryan finds out that the monster is just a recording that the, that uh, Hannah's dad has been using to keep her from wandering out too far until he comes back. Um, 
everybody reunites. Uh, the doctor tricks the solo tract into letting, or gets solo tract to let everybody go as they discover that uh, some of their, who they thought were their loved ones in this new alternate universe are actually this sentient creature universe thing. And in the end, the doctor decides, uh, or doctor manages to free herself before the solo tracks universe implodes or explodes. And uh, that's it. Um, in a nutshell, <clears throat> I want to get some of your, your initial impressions. And I want to start with you, Marcus, because we, we, we held you for the last, uh, the last sort of commentary last time. And I want us to lead off with you this week. Uh, I really don't know what I thought of this episode. Sorry to be uh, like, oh, he's... It, it seems very... like there have been a couple of that of those this year. Yeah, yeah. It's it was unsatisfying, but not bad. It's not a. It's not like dropped to the depths that some of the episodes have this season. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it did get kind of uh, you know. Weepy and maudlin, understandably, with the introduction of of the grandma in particular. Mm. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know what to think about it. I mean, I will say there was one point which was really cool uh, for me, and it almost felt like you know, it, it felt for the first time that I had I had an inkling of uh, Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. I mean, it's like she seemed to channel some of the previous doctors, that final sentence when she talks about making friends with the universe, hmm. a sentient universe, and that look of wonder. I could have seen that look of wonder coming from Tennant, from uh, Eccleston, from Capaldi, from Smith, from Tom Baker. The, the discovery uh, look? Well, yeah, it's just, that, it's just that sense of wonder that she just hmm. done something really amazing. And it's, it's almost like the final line of the show that it just, you, you'd see... You know, you could have no context, and that was a Doctor Who line. That was a Doctor mm -hmm. line, and it felt for the first time that, obviously, I know she's she's her own Doctor, and she's more of a a watcher and a protector of the timelines than perhaps some of the ones before who've gone in like bulls in china shops. But this, you know, they've all had some sort of common thread. That's you know, it's like a Doctorism, if you will. Hmm. And I felt, I actually felt that that was Jodie Whittaker's doctorism moment where she, you know, she pulled the DNA from all the other portrayals um, uh, through all, all the years. And it was just a very doctor thing to say, but it was also the way she carried it off and that look of wonder. We've seen that on the other actors' faces over the years. And that was just a really cool piece for me. I mean, the rest of it was, um, yeah, it, we don't seem to have much by way of information on these bad guys. There's, I know by now we're normally getting into a big bad and we were like, oh, well, this big bad's going to be crap. But we've not had any standout enemies. We've not had – and this, right. was, an, this right. was another one. I mean, mm -hmm. this wasn't necessarily a bad guy. This wasn't evil. I mean, you know, the, um, the guy who inhabited the in-between, um, which is just below the upside down, uh, and uh, just north of over there, uh, yeah, he was. He looked like he'd been pulled from um, a Deep Space Nine fan convention. Um, he really did. He just he was filler. 
literally filler between you two universes. They had a filler character for the universal filler. Um, and then, you know, the, the sentient universe was not bad. It was lonely. And I'm glad that, you know, the, the universe didn't die or anything like that, which was great. But it just seems like there's, there's not, there's not, a, um, I don't know. It, 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 there's not been any sort of like oomph to the bad guys mm-hmm. this season. I mean, when mm-hmm. we've had bad guys, they've not, they've all been kind of by the numbers. Oh, look, here's a racist. Oh, here's the opposite who's fighting for human rights, but is going about it the wrong way. I, you know, oh, here's a predator knockoff. There's, I'm all, I mean, I am glad that we haven't had Daleks, Cybermen, Slothene, the uh, Weeping Angels, etc., etc. But there's not been one standout bad guy in this season. Right. I mean, it's right. almost like bumbling around an MMO where you don't have enough skill to get into an instance to, to really go for the epic loot. All you're doing is grinding. This season's been grindy. Yeah, I like that that terminology, grindy, grindy. I'm, I'm. Uh, I think you and I have agreed quite a bit on this season. Maybe not so much on the individual episodes, but just <clears throat> sort of the. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say the mundaneness of it all, but the there ha- to me that I'm, I'm missing the the really high points that I'm so used to with with Doctor Who, and I've mentioned in the past all the epic stuff. Um, in this episode could have had some of that i mean it really was uh you know alice through the looking glass type of a, a fairy tale story right um they go through the uh the upside down uh the alternate world um there's flesh eating moths i mean they're very they're very much was that uh that uh you know that 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 feel in there um but there it, it didn't quite it didn't quite grab me um again i actually like some of the ideas and the concepts of this episode the final con- the, the end conclusion was interesting but i think like they could have gone through uh, they could have talked more about uh, uh the um what the solo track actually is instead of essentially avoiding it the entire episode and it, it the last five minutes we, we find out what it is but um interesting but i don't i don't think it i don't think it nailed the landing i guess if, for for me steven what do you how do you feel steven steven you're muted i had to my, i had to move my cat out earlier and i forgot ah. to unmute, unmute myself afterwards <laughs> <clears throat> um i was saying though uh i am absolutely way more positive on this episode than both of you, either of you, I think I don't necessarily disagree on the tinier elements like the, like individually, but I think, and this is a word I've, I believe I've brought up a couple times this season. Um, holistically, I think this is probably the most Dr. Who ish episode of Dr. Who we've had in a little, in a little while um, by virtue of, yeah, the, the, what do you call it? ribbons? Was not the like most affecting villain in the entire in the entire you know milieu of Doctor Who, but we got like kind of a a proper alien fairly early into the episode. We got like a uh, a monstrous kind of creepy crawly creature in the form of the flesh mods and the you know the shot of the uh, 
flesh mods coming out of ribbons, like hollowed out skull, like crawling out of his eye socket, stuff like that is like that kind of creepiness that Doctor Who can kind of like lean into sometimes. And we got like, you know, this big giant um, thing that, you know, the Doctor has to step up and actually do something about in the episode, like actually has to find like a person, like a human being and nudge them in the right direction uh, to save the day by potentially like, you know, ultimately it doesn't happen because it's Doctor Who and that's not just not how it's going to work. But thinking about sacrificing themselves for the greater good of like all existence and everything like that by by saying like, hey, look at me. I'm the biggest, most impressive thing throughout the like entirety of time and space. You want me. You want like you want to be with me because because uh, I'm special and, and different and stuff like that. Let this idiot, this, this really shitty father <laughs> go back to to earth and everything like that because like he's got a daughter who needs him and I don't necessarily care too much about him, but like, you know, the girl needs him and everything like that. So like, I'm going mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. put myself away for it for her sake. And that is such a very Dr. Who week type thing. Like you mentioned, like David Tennant um, being able to do stuff like that. That reminds me a lot of like him sacrifice uh, Tennant sacrificing himself for Wilf at the end of his cycle. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff happening all throughout the episode. Like, not all of it is completely the most affecting thing, but there's so much. It's, to me, it's the, this is the first episode of the season where the character-driven stuff, which is very upfront and in your face in this episode, I don't think it's making any bones about the fact that this is about, this is a sh the, the final moment of this episode is about the Doctor kind of confronting a person who wants to have a relationship with it uh, with the doctor but cannot because they're incompatible like it's a big metaphor for like incompatible people and relationships and stuff like that that have to that are that are self-destructive towards each other even if they are good people individually and it's a little schmaltzy about that for sure but doctor who is always a little bit schmaltzy I like um, schmaltzy. yeah and we get that but also we get you know flesh mods and glowing orb balloons from straight from the prisoner and an evil like little imp monster guy between universes in an alternate dimension and, and shape-shifting and all this crazy Doctor Who stuff mixed in with everything else in a way that doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel completely like quarantined off from each other the way that a lot of these episodes this season have felt where the sci-fi stuff and the emotional core, the, the central characters, have been like basically in two different worlds and literally that episode about two different worlds is the one where they actually feel like they are interconnected. So I actually think altogether this episode worked very well as like a standalone episode. And sure. yeah, we get some of that tie into like the character development actually carrying over from episode to episode. We finally get Ryan saying, Hey, you're my granddad. Like I, I see that you went through something very bad back there and you need this right now. So we get this kind of side of Ryan where he's not just young and brash anymore. His time with the doctor has changed him. And you can see that he is a little bit more of an empathetic person because of watching the doctor, you know, be who the doctor is and stuff like that. And now we're, now that we're actually getting the doctor being more like the doctor, that makes sense. Sure. Sure. No, I, I like what, I like what you're, where you're kind of going with some of this, Stephen. I, I, um, the sort of intertwining themes, I think, was a was something that did um, kind of uh, keep me interested in the episode. I, I I guess I just wish there was I don't know. It seems like we've been in 2018 a lot this this se this season, or on very recent, you know, or or within the last 50 years Earth, I guess 50 60 years of Earth. It we haven't really pushed the envelope, and and granted, I know I. 
the, again, another uh, character driven episode, which I, I, I've appreciated those in the past, but I'm almost getting a little bit worn out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I look, I get, I totally get where Stephen's coming from. And I think he makes some yep. very salient points. I think the, uh, uh, the whole, he says it way better than I can see it. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's not hard. Um, <laughs> No, you know, the, the character-driven stuff has been, you know, front and center. And, you know, it's the, it, this wasn't, so, you know, we barely really saw Yaz this episode. Um, not so much, you know, a little bit of Ryan, but obviously the emotional hit, the gut punch was delivered by Graham. And I'm actually happy that for the first time this season, I can remember all the sidekicks' names. Um, <laughs> but it was so predictable. Once there was somebody out there back, you know, it's like, oh, who's out there? And you knew it was going to be her. And it mm -hmm. just felt mm -hmm. like I actually, on, I, I looked at my wife, I looked at Shauna, and we both rolled our eyes because we had visions of, um, you know, people, you know, dead people coming back as Cybermen. And that, that particular nasty uh, end to, um, to the Matt, uh, the, the Matt Smith uh, or the Capaldi season. Or whatever it was, the one I tried to scrub yeah. from my brain. Well, we got Missy for the first time. It was like a Baldi. Death in heaven, um, something. Yes, yes. And I thought, oh Christ, here we go again. Um, but it just again, I mean, yes, the the performances. Uh, you know, Bradley uh, Walsh was, you know, again, he continues to surprise me. I mean, he, you know, his his performances have been very good. Very, oh, he's um, been phenomenal in this series. He's phenomenal. been the strongest. Uh, I think Yaz uh, has come second, and Ryan is bringing up the 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 rear. Uh, unfortunately, because I think Ryan doesn't seem to be capable. It uh, doesn't seem to have much range right now. And perhaps he hasn't been tested script wise. Um, Yaz has had a couple of interesting things where she, you know, she she does kick into, oh, I'm a police officer, you know, but, but look out, bitches, um, which is actually really quite cool, and uh, I really do dig dig it when we see that. Um, but yeah, great. I thought Graham's uh, arc was was good, and like I said, I just felt it, you know, it just felt a little wasted. Um, it just feels a little anticlimactic this season. And I know they go, they're going for, you know, more tonal consistency, which, you know, we've wanted. Um, right. I don't, yeah. And I mean, I do feel that the consistency was there for the first couple of episodes and took a nosedive. Um, but it's, it's just, for a show about a 2,000-year-old Time Lord, Mm -hmm. who can regenerate uh, into any race, gender, whatever, who has a, a science, super scientific box that takes them anywhere in space and time in the universe. And not just the known universe. You know, They'll fall down a wormhole or two during their time. That, to me, is grand. And we've had grand on a, 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 you know, every season so far. There's been one or two grands. And there's not been a grand this season. There's not been mm -hmm. anything that's really gone, you know, hello, baby. I mean, we, we know the FX budget has been upped. Those spiders still freak me out. Um, but there's just a – it feels soap opera -y 
on a level that we haven't seen since Russell T. Davis. And, but at least Russell T. Davis could also deliver the grand stuff. And I'm just wondering if we are going to ever going to get it. I mean, you know, this, this thing next, uh, the, the, the season finale next week, which has got Mark Addy in it from the full Monty, um, looking very, um, scruffy. Uh, so mm. that'll be, it'll be very interesting to see what he brings to the table. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. I'm just wondering what we're going to get and when it's going to really feel like a really cool sci-fi show because it it still doesn't. Mm-hmm. It almost seems to me like this episode, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but this it almost seems like to me that this episode suffers in your eyes by virtue of being the penultimate episode of a season that has been predominantly this kind of stuff. And it's a shortened season. It's it's a 10-episode season, whereas previous Doctor Who has been mostly 13 episodes, which definitely led to a lot of chuff, but I think it maybe gave them a little bit of breathing room to be like, okay, we can... This episode was kind of a clunker of a... I'm, I'm thinking, of like, the first episode that comes to mind is the, like, Burn With Me, David Tennant, like, we're fighting evil alien stars, and, like, it can just be kind of a fun, action-y, rompy type episode that's not really bad, but not really good, but you have 13 episodes to play with, so... You kind of expect that, whereas with this, if they're focusing on this exact same through line throughout the entire episode, every one of those 10 episodes needs to be hitting some buttons, and we don't have enough episodes this season to hit all the buttons that you guys want. Well, I think we and we don't have those buttons because of choices made by the showrunner, by Chris Chibnall. And trust me, I'm happy to have um, 10 See the 10 episodes of Doctor Who where there is some really good variety. We get some good sci-fi. We get some grand stuff there. And I don't feel we've had that. I, you know, and then we, 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 you know, we match it up with everything else that's, that, you know, is uh, the show is known for and what it can deliver. But I really don't feel we've had that. I really don't. I mean, it's, it's become a kitchen sink drama again. Um, hmm. and maybe the TARDIS is too crowded. Maybe Ryan needs to go see his dad. Well, whenever we do see the TARDIS, I guess, maybe that's more of the question, right? We've hardly seen the TARDIS this season. Yeah, I mean, you you look at some of the episodes we've had in the past where, you know, um, they they brought the TARDIS to life, which was still Mm -hmm. one of my favorite episodes of the the Neil Gaiman episode. Um, I just don't feel the sci-fi element has been particularly strong and that's you know that's just me i'm I'm not trying to you mm-hmm. know hammer the season and hammer everything but i i was hoping for more. it got off to a strong start and then it just started repeating itself in my opinion yeah i, I mean i think that's the the repetition is uh, almost a direct result of and a uh, a direct um, a creator of the consistency of this of this season. It's been it's been a it's felt solid with a few dips and a few highlights, but it's been pretty. You, it really this episode, like so many episodes this season, really feels like you could have hopped into it without zero understanding of watching anything else this this season. They've done a good job of the monster of the week um, scenarios this year, so that. Uh, I mean, it, there really isn't an order that you can watch any of these outside the, you know, watch the first episode first, and that's basically it. So they've done a good job of that, but there hasn't been. So there, there is that consistent uh, monster of the week feel, 
but at the same time, I, I mean, I, I've been saying it's the beginning. I've already mentioned this episode. I want more space. And I've, the episodes that have been sort of further out there have been um, really interesting to me. And there are elements of this. I would have loved to, uh, the was it the alt zone? Is that what they called it? The anti-zone? If, if that was maybe, I don't know. They, they, I think like they could have done just a little bit more with that, but definitely could have done, could have done more with the, um, the solo track. I think the solo track, again, a really cool idea. It's an entire universe. So it's a huge idea. And obviously that's why the doctor is, I think you guys brought up a good point. So the doctor's really excited about it, but then the doctor's completely willing to leave it just so that, um, just so that the, uh, like all of reality yeah. doesn't get, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But, know, say, yeah. but, uh, I don't know. I just, it just felt like here's a really cool, there was almost a, uh, I hate to bring up our um, the showrunner from last season from the last few years. So I won't bring up his name. He who shall not be named. Um, but uh, it, 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 I don't know. It just it feels like we're never going to see the solo track again. As immense oh, yeah. and huge as this entity is, potentially the greatest con- uh, sentient entity of all. Uh, big, I mean, big, bigger than a god, right? And we'll never see it again. I. I, I don't, you're right about that, but that's also a thing that has definitely been a Doctor Who right. trope for a long time. Like, where's Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, right? Like, yeah. the Doctor has a biological daughter out there, supposedly <laughs> exploring the universe, and we've never seen her once ever again. Um, but even the Doctor, like, establishes the idea, like, there's kind of like a sadness over the parting of the ways between the two of them, where it's... The doctor is like you are like one of the most beautiful and interesting things I've ever seen, and I and I just barely get to scratch the surface of you. And I would love to stick around and see you because I'm the doctor, and one of the things that I love at being as being the doctor is experience, like having these new experiences. But we are literally toxic to each other, like biologically mm-hmm. toxic, not just to ourselves but to the universes around us and stuff like that. We destroy like by by being together, we will literally destroy the things near us. Um, and I want you to know that we are not parting on bad feelings. And again, it, like it is a very clear reference to like just incompatible personalities between people who are in relationships of various forms. You know, the doctor very explicitly calls the solo track uh, her friend, and mm-hmm. go you know from there, and that they want to be um, you know to maintain some kind of like contact with this being if they could, but because they don't want it to be lonely. And again, that that is also a very Doctor Whoish thing to me of this idea of like this deep empathy for things that are unable to be understood in human terms. Um, because the Doctor is not human; the Doctor is a being that is beyond us and should be able to rise above our inability to to see that sort of thing. And very literally, the Doctor is able to convince. The soul attract and that they need to leave and that they are not good for each other. Whereas the human, the, the, you know, the kind of weak minded guy, Eric, who uh, wants to stay there to see the symbolacrum of his wife um, can't do it. And the doctor has to not only push him out of the way, but also mm-hmm. pull herself to, for the good of all. Um, and I think that's like kind of, a, it's, it's nice. Like I think it's just kind of a nice little way to end that episode and they, they cap it off in a pretty good way. Um, from there, like we get our little action scenes and, st- and and monsters and stuff like that, but they don't necessarily have to be the the thrust of the episode. But also, we get them early enough on that they don't feel completely blind. We don't feel completely blindsided by them like we did with sure. the zombies sure. last episode. Mm-hmm. 
the or previous other, or previous other monsters that we've where we'll spend an entire episode this season building and building and building to this one thing, and then we find out what the one thing is, and it's largely inconsequential inconsequential to the actual like meat of the episode, which the mm-hmm. meat of the episode is what is you know what are Graham and Ryan and Yaz thinking, and even in this episode, I mean, we we mentioned how Yaz has been completely underutilized, not only underutilized but like her. The fact that she's a cop almost never comes up, and we actually do get a little yeah, bit of that. Yeah. Finally, for, for, probably for the first time since the first episode, we get some reference to the fact that she has some kind of formal training as a police officer when she mentions that uh, she's been trained to like be empathetic towards children and find a thing that children like and reinforce it in them, which is something that Graham is unable to do. Graham is a younger and more brash and fucks up. And I mean, Ryan. Oh, sorry, yeah, Ryan, 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 Ryan. not Graham. Um, he fucks up and transposes his personal experience with his own father onto the little girl whose name, like Anna, Hannah, I think, um, who cannot, yes. Hannah, uh, yeah, and, and does not make her feel any better and in fact turns her against him and almost screws things up for himself. Um, but by the end of the episode, obviously, he has come around on that and, you know, has seen those, they seen this father figure and Hannah come back together and sees like, oh, uh, Graham has been here for me the entire time. Whereas this guy ran out on his daughter just like my dad ran out on me. And the doctor brought them back together. And Graham has been here this entire time trying to make this work for me. And he's hurting really bad right now. So I need to do something for him. I need to give him that moment. And we finally get that moment and it feels earned to me. It doesn't feel like a complete throwaway, like, uh, Ryan fucked up along the way, but uh, he got there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I do appreciate sort of the whole surreal aspect of this one, the, the whole fairy tale thing that Doctor Who loves to go to um, mm-hmm. over the seasons. It seems like every every year, every couple years, they do one uh, of this sort of this magnitude. That what was the um, the Capaldi one where he's uh, busting through the. Uh, He's in the tower, right? And he's busting yeah. through the. He gets re, uh, re, yeah. reborn every every episode, every time he dies. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's again. It also still feels like bad whodunits. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I can really appreciate a lot of the uh, really, you know, the character development stuff. Um, that's you know it does seem to be oh we'll give an episode to so and so then an episode to so and so, um, but it just this it still is lacking and look it is only the first it is the first season I mean you know Lord knows what else we'll get out of uh, Mister uh, Chibnall, Chibnall um, if we will get anything at all mm-hmm. the, way he, the way he wants to go yeah based on the thing. back behind the scenes stuff we're hearing it doesn't sound super great. Yeah, yep, he's, yep. Uh, apparently he's a lazy shit. I mean, you don't you don't sign up for the big the biggest sci fi gig on the planet, and no disrespect to Star Wars and uh, etc. I mean, I'm talking about in a televisual <laughs> mm-hmm. in a televisual medium because let's face it, Star Trek's not really Star Trek is just on what that um, all access CBS all yes, access exactly. Uh, but I mean, you know, Doctor Who is like it's it's a crown jewels, especially in the UK, um, and you know you don't sign up for that if you're going to complain I, about the workload. I, so I mean, it's my sort of—I don't even want to call it a conclusion. But oh, before I get to that, how do you guys feel about the frog? I thought the frog was funny. Yeah, 
I mean, it did add a element of uh, of pathos uh, <laughs> to it all. I mean, oh, it's like you know, the, the, basically, the, the frog wanted uh, needed some tinder action. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it was it was kind of interesting that you had this giant sentient universe um, reduced to it loves to reduce itself to something as tiny as a frog. I don't like that the mouth moved when it talked. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree. With you. <laughs> I thought that looked bad and silly, and they not should, in a good way. They should put Kermit in there because Kermit. Oh, there you go. Couldn't afford uh, the Disney rights. Yeah, there you go. It's an interesting, an interesting um, concept. I that uh, or an interesting uh, idea that the frog. Um, I, yeah, it. I think there was some good stuff in this episode, but it's it, it just kind of came too late towards the end. It. it it felt, I don't know. I, I, it held my attention like every episode this season has. Um, <laughs> I didn't hate it. I, I liked it. Um, I didn't love it. I have thought it had some good themes after listening to you talk about it, Steven, I think it opened my eyes to a couple more themes here and there. Um, but it didn't, it just, it didn't, it didn't get any, didn't get going anywhere. I think till the very end, it was almost like a series of smaller things that, that should have been tied to each other, I think, a little bit earlier. This feels like, man, this is such a low-energy episode. I know, us, I know. Damn it, Sean, like, where are you? Yeah, we need his like, <laughs> brand of sass to like really raise our spirits here. Uh, but I, honest, I honestly think that's an indictment of yeah. the episode and what we're experiencing for this season on Doctor Who. I mean, it's, and you know, at the end of the day, yes, we're all, you know, all just a bunch of grown men talking nerdy stuff about... Um, you know, a sci-fi show, but I mean, if you want the definition of low energy this season, yeah, this is fucking it. This is the uh, this is the Chevrolet of of uh, Doctor Who seasons, and that. So uh, I'm a car guy. I'm gonna get into this a little bit. Chevrolet designs their cars not to offend a single person. They want to sell the car to everybody, so they're gonna make it look a little bit more bland. They're gonna have some interesting little aspects here and there. Some people will love some of it. Some people will hate some of it. But overall, you'll get some pretty good, good <laughs> remarks, and you'll get good sales. And in Doctor Who this season, it's good viewership numbers because their viewership numbers are are uh, the the highest since like some of uh, Tennant's prime. I think Tennant had a um, had a run uh, in his uh, his drive as uh, as a Doctor. So that was I similar mean, to this. To to that point, I do. I I think we're getting it. It's slowly mm-hmm. ramping up a little bit for Whitaker, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but there is this element that this season where I have not seen like like Matt Smith would like rage. Yes, like, in, yeah. in episodes, and and David Tennant would get pissed off in episodes, and like would be allowed mm-hmm. to chew up scenery in a way that Whitaker has not done, and maybe that's an intentional choice on, on the part of Whitaker and Chibnall or, or one or the other or whatever, but it does tie <laughs> into this kind of like, there is a thing in, it is, it is an established thing in media that like, mm-hmm. or not just media, but in, in the world in general, like women are not allowed to be angry, you know? Right. Like, right. We, we just had, I think it was yesterday, the, the new Captain Marvel trailer uh, just dropped. And when the first one came out, there was this whole big hullabaloo among certain circles of the internet saying like, well, why can't she smile more in the trailers and stuff like that? And like, well, Jeez. Cause she's like, you know, she's a uh-huh. serious, she's like supposed to be like a super soldier from space in that movie too. Well, but, she, is, she is, I mean, a lot of those people are going to get really pissed off because she is the tent pole character. Mm-hmm. For the phase four of the Marvel universe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Her name is Captain Marvel, for God's sake. 
exactly. I mean, you know, she's, I, I think, you know, she's, uh, well, look, here's another more perhaps real life pertinent example. Not that I'm dismissing yours at all, uh, Steve, uh, but we had the world, um, the world footballer awards. Um, oh, yesterday. Ballon d'Or. Uh, yeah. And, um, for the first time they had the male and female football world footballer awards at the same time. So they actually had an inaugural world football, uh, female footballer, which was fantastic. So, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. they had the, the male player, player, Luka Mondrik from uh, Croatia come up and he, you know, he was asked football related questions, blah, 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 by the host. And that when the, the, the female player came up and uh, I think she was a Swedish international. I'm not very up on um, uh, women's women's football, unfortunately. But um, she was asked to twerk. Jesus Christ! By the by the the host, who is also like a, a DJ or something. On yeah, she was radio. asked if she knows how to twerk during this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she wanted to dance and what, and it was just. I mean, come the fuck on. How are these people still alive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's just, and that's, you know, that's the same thing of, well, you know, women aren't allowed to get angry. You know what? I want to see her angry. I want to yeah. see, I want to see this doctor so fucking furious. I want to see I, her go dark Phoenix is what I want to see her go. Do. Yeah. I, I, I want her to, you know, what if she is the, you know, is, is the, you know, becomes an, nasty evil version of the you know the the doctor mm-hmm. finish things off i mean i i just i want that i need that i i want to see her go um pardon the pun balls out i want her to lose her temper because let's face it and i understand you know stepping back a little and making her a little more calm and measured but that means when mm-hmm. she loses her temper it should be biblical mm-hmm. and unfortunately i don't think with the uh the current writer that he has the uh again the the testicular fortitude to carry it off which is a which is a crying shame uh, it, as far as i'm concerned it it does tie in a little bit to what i was the, the kind of overall thinking that i think is maybe underlying this show that i started to feel around the time of uh kerblam mm-hmm. followed right into um the witches episode and where it, it does feel like the neoliberal thing of like, ah, oh, yes, we will have women, more women characters, more characters of color and stuff like that. But we're still going to incorporate all of the old tropes and all of the old traits. And we're not actually going to hmm. break out of that. The representation will be there, but we're not actually going to let them do anything interesting or anything that like mm-hmm. breaks past the established molds that characters like this are allowed to be in. Because sure. they are ladies, sure. and ladies aren't allowed to lose their temper. <laughs> well, of course, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. my wife. I, um, I again have to hand it out to hand it off to to Graham. Um, I think you mentioned it earlier, Marcus, but I he is my favorite character on this season. Not because he's a white dude, but he's he he knows he's an he's old a, white dude. He's, he's an old white dude, and I and he reminds me of you. No, I'm just kidding. He um he reminds me of myself watching this season because. Uh, I'm an old white dude now. Um, he is—he uh, has his hands in his pockets, and he's like, well, I'll, "I'll go along for the ride with these young whippersnappers. They seem to know what they're—they seem to know what they're what they're what they're doing, what they're, what they're interested in. I'll provide some feedback every once in a while, but I'll just stand here with my hand in my coat pockets and enjoy the scenery while I have scenery left to enjoy. And I kind of—I kind of feel like that's me this season, where I'm just. 
I'm Graham. I got my hands in my pockets. I'm like, yeah, sure. I got nothing else going on. I'll, I'll, I'll zip around the universe for a little bit today. Does that kind of, does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. yeah. I guess maybe that's why I can relate to him so much this year. But it um, is really quite interesting that one of the best written characters, although the the, the character, the one character with serious depth out of, you know, everybody on that TARDIS out of the four is the old white guy. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. It, it almost makes me wonder if that's because consciously or subconsciously <laughs> it is them like saying like, well, he's allowed to be the most interesting character. Uh, he's allowed to have the most depth and range because that's how we view this. Again, yeah. intentionally, unintentionally, it right. doesn't really, really matter, but that almost feels like what it is. It's like they're giving him, like, they, he has the, the most pathos to connect to this season. Even Ryan, whose biological grandmother who raised him after his father abandoned him mm-hmm. uh, and his mother died in front of him, uh, doesn't really connect to... What was her, what was the the yes. wife's, no the wife's name oh the, um she's literally in this episode and I yeah, can't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep wanting to say Rose but that's a different yeah. Doctor Who character yeah. uh, but it like we don't see nearly as much connection between him and his grandmother Grace as, Grace, Grace, Grace yes 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 Grace. we don't see nearly as much connection between him yep. and his grandmother as as we do with uh, Graham and her mm-hmm. uh, when Graham returns back to his house and sees like a hallucination of her in his flat. That's, you know, a Graham moment. When Graham goes to the fake heaven universe, it's Grace and Graham. It's not Ryan. And the the thing that we've been talking about with Ryan this entire season is his deadbeat dad, which is its own can of worms. Mm -hmm. Because, like, speaking of, you know, tropes for characters of color, particularly black men, black men with deadbeat dads and, you know, deadbeat black men is such such a common trope. It's such a common stereotype in media. That's very true. I, and to be honest, the uh, um, uh, I, I guess we're, we're, we talk a little bit about, about emotion and showing emotion, how the, it's almost like the doctor hasn't been allowed to show emotion because she is a female. Um, the uh, Graham not showing emotion is kind of okay. And then the times when he does, it's very little, but that provides some strange depth to him. Ryan, I, I actually appreciate that Ryan is sort of this I don't want to call it a loose cannon, but he does kind of come off that way to the point where Hannah actually hated him this morning or in this morning, this episode. And uh, he does um, earlier in this episode, he doesn't he like grab her arm and becomes almost forceful in a weird way when he throws her into the room to yeah. sort of protect her and that kind of there's, and she gets upset about it. Locks um, him with a door for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's, it's interesting that out of all the characters, he's the only one that is allowed to show any kind of anger or force. And he, we saw it during Rosa. We saw it um, a couple other times. And he's he's a constantly angry, uh, the you know, the angry black man with a a deadbeat father. I guess that tro- that's the trope, right? It's it he, sucks. He doesn't even seem angry all the time. It it it. Early on, it felt like they were kind of like wrapping it up under the guise of like, well, yeah, he's the young, sure. young character of of the group. But it's like he's a, almost exactly the same age as Yaz, and we never see the same thing from Yaz. Right. Yaz, a character who is literally trained to exercise force and violence, yeah, never yeah. does it. But Ryan gets to be kind of the action hero type character. He literally tries to, in the second episode, mm-hmm. run out with a gun and say, I played Call of Duty. I can do this. And he tries to shoot <laughs> robots. 
um, which is its own silly thing. It's like, whereas literally we have a, a character who presumably has some kind of firearms training mm -hmm. to some degree. I know, I know the cops in, in England are, are fairly different than here in the United States, but I imagine she has something. Um, yeah, it's, it's very strange. It, it, it does. Yeah. The more I think about it too, I think I still like this episode overall, but I think the more I think about the politics of this season, the more I think it is just superficial. I think it is a bunch of people who, who, um, want to put, who know that the, the right thing to do is to put the people, those people in those roles, but is still ultimately being run by people, you know, by like white dude who doesn't maybe always doesn't always bring in people of color to to do the you know the episodes themselves where uh the, one of the episodes that you know was the best of the season was rosa and that was an episode where they brought in mm -hmm. a woman of color to co-write the episode i also like demons of the punjab of yep. good deal that was another episode where i believe they brought in a woman to um co-write the episode uh or or direct the episode some, something along those lines it was one of the first episodes that was not that chibnall did not have a direct credit on, I believe. Um, yeah, the the it it all really hinges on where they're they're going in this next episode. But I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not going to subvert the tropes that it has been using throughout this season in the way that I want them to. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that it this really is just going to be the like the Hillary Clinton season of Doctor <laughs> Who of, of like the, or the Barack Obama season of, of Doctor Who, which is like, well, we should still work with an established norms. The system still works. Like uh, we, we don't want to anger the moderates necessarily. We have to, uh, we still have to appeal to them at the end of the day or those trillions of moderates out there, or, you know, that sort of thing. And it just, I'm, I want this to be yeah. more transgressive than it, than, than it is. I'm still, we've, we've been harping on it. The doctor needs to, find herself and find out who she is. And this episode, she still doesn't find it. She's, she's leaning more, I think, into, uh, into being this adventurous kind of, uh, you know, run into doorways first before slowing down and asking questions type of person. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still waiting for the doctor to find herself, but who knows? Maybe these flesh eating moths will, uh, Tear the uh, the the layers of okay okay I'm gonna stop <laughs> it fell apart <laughs> I, I tried dang it I tried um, any did. closing thoughts on this episode on this episode Marcus anything closing uh no I mean you know okay. it, I I gotta say that this is the first time for me that um, over the past couple of episodes that I've kind of like just I haven't watched it I haven't watched Doctor Who. The the moment you know, I'm been in front of the TV. Mm -hmm. The moment it's airing, uh, which for me is unheard of. Uh, it's been more of a, oh, is that on? Did I miss it yet? Oh, I've forgotten. Um, you know, I forgot what time it's supposed to be on or whatever. And that's that to me is that's a pretty damning indictment of, you know, the the cheviness. Yeah, there you go. Of this particular season, uh, I love Doctor Who on Saturday nights. Because I would DVR it, and at the very latest, it was my it was my Sunday morning viewing. I'd grab a coffee and get in front sure. of the TV and watch Doctor Who. Now Sunday nights, I'm usually sort of worn out and getting ready for the work week, so the uh, I, I DVR it because I don't have a chance to really watch it. And then um, 
I watch it at lunchtime in bits over like the span of one or two or three days as uh, I'm, you know, on the treadmill or something during a lunch break or something. I don't know. It's, it hasn't been the consistent must watch TV that the um, past seasons have. And I think maybe the schedule has something to do with it from my standpoint. Uh, must watch is, is, is yeah, a very I should, generous. Yeah. yeah, yeah I that, but... of, of Dr. In general, but I think the, the timing, the schedule doesn't quite, do it justice from from my personal standpoint but that's neither here nor there that's me being selfish you've heard my thoughts i've rambled on enough Stephen, any final thoughts i think i've basically exercised what i needed to I think you've exercised your right you you know that uh, you know i like this episode i like the script <laughs> yep. i am yep. starting to i have seen i'm not starting to i saw the scene started seeing the seams and started seeing where i think this is actually going you could even go back to the the very first episode of this season where I was like, "Boy, it sure would be crappy if the doctor if they went into like this themes of motherhood or something with the doctor and and, and stuff like that, and, like really leaned mm. into things like, ah, she's a woman now, so we have to do the woman character tropes with the doctor." Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was more an, of an abstract fear at the time, and I think it has moved beyond abstract and moved into full like, "Oh, this is very much the like the, the demonico the purge." Sure type this is the the purge of doctor who if to those out there who know about those movies uh <laughs> this will make perfect sense uh but yeah all right how many uh out of five flesh eating uh alternate anti-space moths how do you how, what do you give this even i give this episode a four and my okay. my um I, and my current status update of this season is probably like a two and a half Wow, interesting. Marcus, what are your what's your rating? Uh, I mean, it was it's like eating an Applebee's. It's fucking it's not, <laughs> gonna, it's not gonna kill you, but it's eh. inoffensive and mediocre. Two and a half. I'm gonna I'll give this episode a um three and a half. Uh and I have to I'm grading on a curve because they're I haven't had a bad episode this season. It has been consistent, but because it's been so consistent, uh, there's it's difficult to kind of gauge these episodes against. They've all been good episodes from my standpoint, or the majority have, but there just hasn't been anything that has really stuck out to make it whether bad or good. So I'm going to give this a three and a half, and I think it's been like the majority of my scores have been three and a half this season. So Con- consistent, like warm milk, and like, just as, with a, just as much taste. Just as oh, all right. <laughs> on uh, that just, note, just as much capability for sending you to sleep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's true. I'm gonna get some caffeine in my system right now. Well, gentlemen, thank you again. As always, it's fantastic to have you guys uh, share your thoughts on the the wonderful world of the Doctor. Thank you, Stephen. Where can we find you? You can find me at fanbyte.com. That's written with a Y. Uh, that is where I am currently the managing editor, where I write stuff and edit cool stuff. We had a very, for anybody who listens to this show out of their shared interest with video games, we just had a really cool article go up not too long ago called um, Every Dark Souls Boss Rated by Kissability, yep. which was very that, fun. <laughs> that was, by, was that by Jordan? Yeah, that was by Jordan Mallory. Yeah, he yeah. he writes a ton of lists for us now. He writes that's one every great. every work or every work day. Jordan's uh, so that's just my, yeah, that's just my plug for this week. Good, good. You also did a really nice. Uh, I've been using your Dragalia Lost guides, by the way. Well done on those, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm glad um, to hear it. Yeah, uh, I am the one who reads those. 
Um, Marcus, where can we find you? Or are you going to be front and center at the Game Awards this year, accepting a prize or delivering yes, one? That's, that's right. They're, uh, they're, they're, they've uh, <laughs> they given me a Lifetime Achievement Award for, for biggest asshole in the industry. <laughs> uh, no, you, you, just, you can't find me. Just you can't enjoy, find enjoy this podcast. Uh, exactly. That's a good point. You can find Sean. You can find Sean in uh, in Disney somewhere. I think he's probably on his way back. But uh, um, S H A U N Norton and O R T O. And you can find me at Dolly Domovsky. I'm also on this podcast. I love chatting with people. Um, leave us messages in the Facebook page. It's always helpful. Or on the site, leave comments. We are getting great comments. This is the second to last episode that we just talked about this season. We'll have next week. We'll go over the finale, and maybe the week after that, we can cover. Um, there's actually a couple of weeks between uh, the finale and the uh, New Year's, so that that right. gives us time to talk Christmas and maybe, um, uh, you know, maybe after next week we'll talk about the just the season in general. We'll do like an all listener question. Yeah, how, how, about, how about we uh, for the, the one on the 18th that we yeah. record on, on Monday the 18th? We'll start putting it out there for our listeners now. Come with your thoughts. Yes. Put them on the Facebook page. Tweet them yeah. at the Lonely Tardis. Give us your thoughts on the season. Give us your thoughts on um, the writing. Give us your thoughts on the, uh, you know, on Jodie Whittaker, on Team TARDIS, mm-hmm. on the design of the TARDIS. Should we have seen more of the TARDIS? I'd love to see more of the TARDIS. It's I've now I can't remember a season except when the Doctor was grounded on Earth because the the TARDIS was, uh, you know, suffering from vapor lock or whatever because the you know the Gallifreyans had taken away mm. his time crystals. Um, that we haven't seen the TARDIS. I mean, this beautiful new redesign, and it looks, it's gone from being, you know, crystalline, organic, um, to just being a broom closet that we've seen three times. So, yeah, we'll put this out there. Start start putting your thoughts on the Facebook page and sending them to us via Twitter, and then we can have this big discussion on the 18th of December where um, we will basically either say, what a bunch of wank this season turned out to be, <laughs> or, oh my God, that was an awesome season finale. Who who saw that Jodie Whittaker would regenerate into Peter Dinklage? Who saw? Who saw? On that note, thank you, everybody. Find us at Lonely Tardis, LonelyTardis.com, Spotify, iTunes, Google, all over the place. We'll see you on the next Lonely Tardis. Tardis. Tarless. What is wrong with me today? We'll see you on the next Lonely Tardis. That's what happens when you turn 40. How come nobody can uh, me? Tarica, yeah, I can't. Exactly. Good night.